Should I just go for it? Should I not even give it a quick glance? Should I just read it? I mean, I just read it to give you. Give it a quick glance. <laughs> One cannot always be laughing at a man without now and then stumbling on something witty. Hmm. Interesting pronunciation. It always has such an interesting take on these. Welcome back to Fire the Canon, the podcast where we read the books in the Western canon and decide if they belong or not. This week, we're continuing our conversation of Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice. And we are beginning with chapter 35, because the last chapter we did was 34. Hmm. Sounds reasonable. I'm your first host, Jackie. I'm your primary host, Rachel. Hey. And I'm the main producer, Theo. Wait, 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 wait. I don't like that. I don't (laughs) like that I said first and you guys got... You started it. (laughs) Yeah. How about this? How about this? Jackie is host one. Rachel is host A. How about that? <laughs> like 30 Rock, Jenna, and Tracy. And you're the Liz Lemon. <laughs> Do you ever feel like you're the Liz Lemon? And that me and Rachel are just chaotic beings under your control? And I have to roll my eyes. But really out of your control? I'm not Liz Lemon. I'm more just like Tina Fey. I'm just this like brilliant comedy writer. <laughs> Married to a wonderful musician. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm Jenna. So I'm Tracy. <laughs> you're, you're making Rachel Tracy. He's the funniest. Yeah, Tracy's great. He's an idiot. He's the best line. Jenna's lines. an idiot too. It's okay to call yourself an idiot. It's not okay to call me an idiot, Theo says. That was a great intro. Now let's hear how chapter 35 goes. Rachel? So chapter 35, Elizabeth goes for a walk and she purposefully goes in a different area than usual so she doesn't see Darcy. But she like runs into him anyway and he says, oh, I've been walking around looking for you. (laughs) And he hands her a letter and says like, I know you don't want to read this, but I'm sure your sense of justice will compel you to. So read it. So the letter says a couple things. It says that number one. He always thought Jane wasn't into Mr. Bingley because she never really showed it. And he says, you're her sister, you know her better. But of course, I did want her to not be into him. So maybe it was all in my mind. I don't know. I think I was being fair. Also, you remember Charlotte earlier in the book said, I think Jane ought to show a little more interest because he's going to think that she doesn't like him. And she was right. Yeah. Mm. But yeah. he thought she did like him. He also says that... um Her family, it's true that her family isn't high class, but actually the lack of propriety that the mother, younger sisters, and even the father showed occasionally was really the problem for him. He and Bingley's sisters convinced Mr. Bingley that Jane didn't like him, and also he says he's a little embarrassed about this or a little ashamed, but they hid her presence in London from Mr. Bingley, so Mr. Bingley has no idea she's there. Before you finish that sentence, I was so excited that they had hid her presence (laughs) all throughout London. (laughs) They hid presents for your sister. (laughs) Yeah, scavenger. We're a little ashamed of this, but we we left her little gifts all over the place. <laughs> oh, sorry to disappoint. Uh, <laughs> what, if, what if it just took a turn and it was just collecting gifts for the rest of the book? It became the Da Vinci Code for the rest of the book. <laughs> so the second point he wants to address is Mr. Wickham. And he says, actually, Mr. Wickham has no principles whatsoever. And he's duplicitous. And he has been since he was a little so boy. So he really sets her straight on this he one. He was nice to my dad, but he was an asshole to everyone else. And he says, after my dad died, Mr. Wickham asked me to give him money instead of letting him become a clergyman. And because we both knew he wasn't suited to that, I gave him 3,000 pounds instead. And he immediately spent all the money and then told me he changed his mind and wanted to be a clergyman. Mm. (laughs) And I said no. In revenge, he secretly seduced my 15-year-old sister and convinced her to elope with him. But luckily, she told me about it, like, came clean. So I was, you know, it didn't end up happening. Wow. But he almost basically stole her away. Just to get her money. But also, she would have been ruined for life. Yeah, for sure. And he says that if she doubts it, she can talk to Colonel Fitzwilliam because he will back him up on that. Chapter 36, uh, Elizabeth's thinking about the letter. She doesn't buy the Jane explanation, but she does feel bad about the Wickham thing. And here's the theme of the book is self-knowledge, in my opinion. Elizabeth says, Mm. till this moment, I never knew myself. 
and she feels terrible. She says, like, I, I used to pride myself on my ability to read people and understand what they were like right away, but I'm realizing that I was very wrong oh. in the case of Darcy and Wickham. That's the whole title right there. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and so she feels really bad about it, and she sees Wickham in a totally different light. She's remembering all the things he told them about Darcy, and she's like, wait a second, mm. why did he spread this private information to someone he just met? Yeah, she's thinking back, and she's like, there were a lot of signs, actually, that this was the case and I just ignored all of them. Yeah. So with each passing thought, she's falling in love with Darcy. Well, she's no. disliking Wickham. Oh. Well, I was really wrong about this very huge thing. Yeah. Then she rereads the stuff about Jane and she starts to give Mr. Darcy a little bit more credit. Like she's thinking, okay, he still shouldn't have done this, but he kind of might have had a point. Like maybe he didn't think she liked his friend. Maybe my mom and dad and sisters are terrible. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, so she stays outside thinking about it for so long that when she finally goes back, Charlotte's like, oh, Mr. Darcy and Colonel Fitzwilliam, they left, but both of them stopped by to see you. And now they're gone. Yep. No more Colonel Fitzwilliam. You can forget about him now. Oh, really? Yeah. Crossing him off the list. You're going to cross him out? So chapter 37, they're going to go to Rosings, Lady Catherine's house, for dinner That's again. a house. Okay. And Lizzie imagines like, oh, haha, what if Mr. Darcy was presenting me at Rosings being like, this is your future niece. That would be a hilarious situation. And she looks around and she's like, huh, this could all be so different. So Lady Catherine says that Mr. Darcy seemed sadder than usual to leave. <laughs> and Lizzie is thinking she's not feeling great now and she's decides she's going to leave soon. Lady Catherine says like, what? It's only been six weeks. I told myself <laughs> you would be here for two months. So you have to stay two more weeks at least. <laughs> she's Nestor. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. She's the Nestor, the horse lord. Yeah. But anyway, Lizzie's feeling kind of depressed because she's criticizing her whole family, basically, except Jane and Mary. Just thinking about like, wow, they ruined Jane's happiness. Well, even Mary kind of made a fool of the family with her whole like piano singing thing. So they finally get ready to leave. And head back. Chapter 38, Mr. Collins says goodbye and brags about his marriage some more. But Elizabeth still feels bad for Charlotte. And they leave. That's chapter 38. Pretty simple. <laughs> <laughs> chapter 39, they go to an inn because they're going to meet Mr. Bennett's carriage or whatever and then go home the rest of the way. And Lydia and Kitty greet them there with some food and they tell them oh you know we mean to treat you to this meal but you shall have to lend us the money as we've spent all of ours at the shop oh come on and then lydia <laughs> says like yeah look at this hat i bought it's pretty ugly but i wanted to buy something so when i get home i'll just take it apart and see if i can do anything and when her sisters are like yeah that hat is ugly she says well there were uglier ones yeah so rather than doing what she meant to do with her money, she just buys a hat. She does something. very frivolous. And then they, Lydia and Kitty, tell Elizabeth and Jane that the officers are leaving the area soon to go to their next station, which is down south. So all the officers in the army, Mr. Wickham and the rest of them, are leaving the town. Mm -hmm. They and their mother want to follow the officers to the new town, like to hang out there for the summer. And they find out also that the woman Mr. Wickham was pursuing was kind of sent away from him by her family. So there's a funny quote where they say that Lydia seldom listened to anybody for more than half a minute and never attended to Mary at all. Poor Mary. I say it again and again. Poor Mary. I know. Poor Mary. Maybe yeah. Theo should have liked Mary. Well, we didn't give him that number. Too late. Yep. It's all our fault. So chapter 40, Lizzie tells Jane about Mr. Darcy's proposal, and at first Jane is surprised, but because she loves Lizzie so much and thinks she's so great, she quickly is like, oh, of course he proposed to you. That makes total sense. So when she tells Jane the story about Mr. Wickham, Jane is shocked, and she tries to come up with a way that Mr. Darcy and Wickham can both be good people, but Lizzie says, like, Jane, that's impossible in this case. Like, you just can't. So the two of them talk about whether they should um, expose Mr. Wickham, but they decide not to. And they talk about comparing Darcy and Wickham. Lizzie says, one has got all the goodness and the other has all the appearance of it. She said there's been some mistake when they were being made. One of them appears to have all the goodness and one has it. Wow. I thought that was cool. Mrs. Bennett is still going on and on about how Jane should have married Mr. Bingley. And she says, well, my comfort is I am sure Jane will die of a broken heart and then he will be sorry for what he has done. That's her comfort. Hope for the best. The sweetest yep. revenge. Is your daughter dying? <laughs> <laughs> 
wait. It's back. Yeah, I thought it was solved. What is it doing here? I thought we'd run out of mystery already. Yeah. Could there be more? And yet. I honestly don't know if I want another mystery. Theo, what are you talking about? The mysteries are amazing. Everybody loved them. Everyone loves the mysteries. That's how what we can attribute our meteoric rise to. Okay, I'll check to see if it has another mystery. Mystery Corey, do you have another mystery for us? Yeah, it doesn't have another mystery for us. It just came here to interrupt us. All right, well... <laughs> Fool us once, shame on you. Dang, mystery cord, why'd you do that? We're not going to get much more out of it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's just go back to Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> so, chapter 41, the regiment is leaving. All the silly members of the family are very upset, but Mrs. Forster, who is the young, silly wife of a colonel, invites Lydia to go visit her in Brighton. So Lizzie and Jane beg their father not to let her do it. They're saying, like, Mrs. Forster is not a good chaperone. Lydia's already ridiculous. She's very young. Like, do not let her go. This would be terrible. And the dad says, like, uh, if we don't let her go, she's just gonna bug us. So I'll just let her go. <laughs> Excellent parenting. He's just lazy. He doesn't like to be bothered. So he says, like, she wants to make herself ridiculous. She can go do that where we don't have to deal with it. So the officers, they have like a farewell dinner and Lizzie talks to Mr. Wickham and she tells him about how Colonel Forster and Mr. Darcy were at Rosings for three weeks and says that Darcy improves upon acquaintance. And Mr. Wickham is starts to get suspicious that she knows the truth. Uh-oh. So chapter 42, we learn that Mr. Bennett married Mrs. Bennett purely because of her youth and beauty. And as soon as they got married, he realized that she was like a ridiculous, silly person. And he they never had any friendship or respect between them. So that's not like a very good model of marriage. All her hotness couldn't make up for how silly she was wait who says this just the narrator the narrator says it just like oh by the way <laughs> it says that lizzie if all she had as an example for marriage was her parents she wouldn't think of it very highly because uh, yeah. elizabeth is you know kind of starting to reflect on everything and thinking about her family shortcomings and she kind of thinks to herself about how their par her parents don't really have any respect for each other and their marriage was just based on attraction and nothing else. I see. She's realizing after hearing from Mr. Darcy, like, I do love my dad, but he's not a very good husband or father. Like, he's been an okay dad to me, but that's just because he likes me and respects me. But he's just totally checked out of the marriage and he like he hasn't done any correction for my sisters. All he cares about is books and walking around in the countryside. Wow. So she says that's why Jane's marriage is ruined is because my dad didn't pay attention to my silly sisters. That's part of it. Mm -hmm. So she gets a letter from her aunt and uncle, the gardeners, the ones who invited her on vacation. And they say, we don't have enough time to go all the way to the lakes, but your aunt wants to go to... Derbyshire, which is where Mr. Darcy's from, and she particularly wants to see Pemberley, which is Mr. Darcy's estate. Sorry, there's another house okay. name. Pemberley. Lizzie is very worried about going to Pemberley, but they talk to a maid at the inn, and the chambermaid says, like, oh, no, you know, he's not there right now. The family is in London or something. So she can't tell her aunt and uncle, I don't want to go because he proposed to me and I turned him down because he ruined Jane's happiness. So she doesn't really have an excuse whatever. She thinks, I'm not going to have to see him, so I'll go to his house. All right. So chapter 43, she goes to Pemberley, and at this time, there was kind of a fashion for things that were beautiful and elegant, but also natural. So they didn't like grounds to look too controlled. Oh, I see. You know, there was an idea of like a principle of balance, but you didn't want like sculptured trees on a lawn. So they would have these little woods that were actually cultivated, but the idea was you didn't want people to know. You right. wanted it to be a little bit more of a French garden than an English garden. Well, I'm sure the English wouldn't say that at the time. Weren't they fighting Napoleon you or something? You wanted to be a little bit like a graveyard and not at all like a yard. Uh, yes, that was the goal. So she's looking around and it says that Elizabeth felt that to be the mistress of Pemberley might be something. They go in the house. It's beautiful. It's refined. It's elegant. It's better than Lady Catherine's house. It, the owners clearly have good taste. And she's looking around and thinking like, oh, I wonder what it would be like if I were the mistress of this house. But then she realizes like, no he wouldn't let me invite my aunt and uncle because he looked down on my mother's family for being like tradesmen, which is what he said in his proposal. So she doesn't feel bad about it. She's like, I would rather be with them than have this whole big house. Mm -hmm. So they talk to the housekeeper and the housekeeper says, oh yes, they're coming back tomorrow. 
So you just, you're missing them, whatever. She shows them some paintings and talks about how wonderful Mr. Darcy and his sister both are and talks about like, oh, he's not actually proud. He just doesn't talk very much. He's a great master. He's so nice. He's so generous. He's always been a wonderful guy ever since he was a little boy. Everyone loves him. She shows them a room and says like, oh, he decorated this room just for his sister and he bought her a new piano as a surprise. Like he's a great brother. And everybody's very, very impressed by the fact that the the housemaid is so complimentary. She's like, if the servants are saying that, it must be yeah, really Yeah, she true. values their compliments much better than like mm-hmm. one of his peers because she's saying, well, of course he's nice to his peers, but if he's this nice yeah. to the people who work for him that's pretty good she said he's never raised a, a harsh word at me in all his life and you know i get into some trouble <laughs> <laughs> mrs reynolds <laughs> you need to l- get mrs reynolds out of my slop <laughs> my slop Marshall oh, okay no. did that story end up in one of the episodes i think it was wishbone actually wishbone okay <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to get that reference be a Patreon donor. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Theo, imagine this is you. Someone proposes to you. You go to their house. You look around and you leave. As you're leaving, all of a sudden, Mr. Darcy pops up out of nowhere. Okay. You said someone proposes, someone proposes to you. And then it's as Mr. you're leaving, Darcy. Mr. Darcy. A fictional <laughs> character. Pops out of nowhere. He's always looming. <laughs> He's popping and looming. I'm not sure what all these different things have to do with each other. <laughs> <laughs> and then Jar Jar Binks Mr. is standing there. <laughs> Mr. Darcy proposes. Okay. You turn him down. Then you go to his house with your aunt and uncle. You're looking around thinking like, this is a pretty nice house. Mm-hmm. Then you're leaving thinking like, thank God I didn't run into him. And then all uh, of a sudden he pops up. Okay, now how do you feel? Mr. Darcy, how bewitching you are. <laughs> <laughs> I, wouldn't you feel really awkward? Like, you feel awkward in situations that are much less awkward than that. Um... Yeah, I, yeah, I would feel awkward. I don't know. <laughs> Should it feel more visceral? It just seems like yes. this is so unbelievable. That's not unbelievable. It's, no, it's unbelievable that, well, nobody just proposes willy-nilly anymore. You know what I mean? No, so. you need to put your mindset in that situation. Sheesh. I mean, think about it now. Like, this would basically be like you cursing someone out, telling them every horrible thing you've ever thought about them after they just profess their love for you. And then you realize you're wrong and then run into them. At their beautiful house. (laughs) Yeah, here are the things that are unrelatable. If I'm at their house and I'm assuming they're not there these days, like, what am I doing? Okay, think about it like this. (laughs) Think about it like this. They're very rich and they own a museum. That they're okay. the curator of, that they own. Oh, and it has my favorite paintings. And you've heard like, oh, this is a beautiful museum. It has all your favorite stuff. It's a Jacques Tati museum. A Jacques Tati museum. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. you're going to this beautiful museum and you're like, wow, if I had married them, okay. this would be my museum. I this. this. Yeah, this could have been mine. If only I hadn't yelled at You're them. like, oh, the curator's gone today. And as you walk out, up he pops or she. Up they pop. Up they pop. Does it save from where he pops? I know it's up, but is there a trap door? <laughs> he, he pops is from there... down. He pops from down? <laughs> from down to up. Oh, from down to up. No, basically, okay. That, okay, more shocking, more shocking. Up to down. Oh, yeah. He pops. falls from the ceiling. <laughs> yeah, okay, so no. so he That like... would shock and embarrass me. <laughs> basically, he rode up on a horse and it says okay, like that's not there was up. just open space between them. So she had no way to avoid him. They have to say hello. And he was just as shocked to see her because, you know, obviously. They're both, they both look at each other and blush. And they're both. Yeah, now think about yeah. that. You ask somebody out, they said no and insulted you. And then you go home and there they are just standing there with their whole family. Like, oh, we were actually just taking a tour of your house, but we were leaving. Mm. Um, <laughs> Theo, yeah. you, you can't feel your way into this situation you can't empathize at all i know it's awkward but it's it's yeah i don't feel it that viscerally because it just doesn't make any sense to me wow that's crazy jackie and i talked about this ahead of time and we both were like yeah he's gonna feel he's gonna think that's so awkward well if if it's actually like these days it's it's gotten your relationship has gotten to the point that someone's proposing then i can fully understand if it was these days they wouldn't be proposing it would be someone saying like i really 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 like you i've liked you for a long time will you please go out with me 
that would be the modern equivalent. Oh. And instead of going out with them, and they then say I, and like, then, fuck And then I was you. like, no, I don't like that because you didn't help my <laughs> clergyman friend. Yeah. <laughs> and then you go home and they're like digging around in your garden and they're like, oh, I didn't think you were going to be home. <laughs> um, no, what happened was we were talking before this and Rachel was like, I've been trying to think of ways to get Theo more involved. So my plan is I'm going to ask him how horrible this would feel. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like we just took like the highest, the height of emotion in this book and just this is the thing that if you're going to feel something, you'll feel it here. That's it. I think this is really bad. This is terrible. This Let's is move so on. awkward. To, to me, I can see myself in Darcy the, the, so many times when he can't think of something to say. Uh-huh. And he's feeling really awkward. Mm-hmm. Like I've felt more awkward in previous things that he's done. When he's like looming <laughs> over the piano silently. You're like, or when Ooh. he's just walking around silently. Yeah. Yeah. Like, do you realize how many times I am not intending to be sneaky and silent and looming? And then someone <laughs> turns around and goes, what? Oh, and like gets startled and like, oh, why were you walking so quietly? Are you I'm in like, love with me? I, yeah, I wasn't trying to. It's just my love. Um, it's just how I show my love. Um, <laughs> so many times I don't mean to be sneaky. And then a lot of other times I do. Sometimes I actually really feel bad for Darcy. Yeah. This time I don't. This time I'm just kind of like, whatever. Well, he didn't do anything this this time. Like, he didn't even put himself. Think about it like this. Feel. You're wrong. Your feelings are wrong. Yourself (laughs) in the position of the woman in this scenario. Can you do that? Okay. Okay, now you feel awkward. Well, give me a second. This is a new experience. I'm trying to get my (laughs) legs here. If you don't start feeling awkward, by God. You're sexist. (laughs) I definitely think if I'm snooping around somebody's house and then they show up, that's going to be awkward enough, right? That Yeah, that's pretty bad. Well, it's bad. not snooping. You have to understand these, the rich people's houses were more like museums. Mm. You're, they were tourist attractions. Do a, do a search for snooping. I bet it's in there. Do a search for snooping? What am I looking for? The word snooping. I know it's a word. In the text. It must appear to Mr. Darcy as though Elizabeth is just showing up to like hurt him even more okay the thing that's embarrassing to her is that she's checking out his property after she turned him down that she's there like "Ooh, this could be mine this could be mine whatever like looking at it thinking Mm -hmm. about it as though it could have belonged to her she's worried that he's thinking that yeah that's a big part of it that like this could have belonged to her by now but now she's like looking at it and maybe thinking about it Mm-hmm. Of course, it's awkward. Just running into him in general would be awkward. Particularly running into him at his house, of course, is super awkward. I don't know. I'm just shocked. But I guess I shouldn't have been surprised that Theo would feel <laughs> it's more awkward to stand next to someone playing the piano or, like, pace around in a circle. <laughs> like, things that are more relatable. I mean, there were a lot of other awkward things. Yeah, I mean, it's really awkward. But to me, this sounds like something that you can end pretty quickly. You could just say, oh, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to be here. Sorry, sorry, sorry. And then you just like walk away and then you're You can end any of those things. But he was stuck at that ball for hours, (laughs) scared to dance with people. That really No, they can't do it either because they're surrounded by her family who have no idea what happened and all of his servants and all that stuff. Like they can't just be like, oh, we can't see each other right now. Like they have to talk to each other. Oh, okay. I'm starting, I'm starting to get it that, yeah. Cause the aunt and uncle don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That makes so much more sense. Okay. Oh, now. I, I feel it. Yeah. You can't just leave. Like they have yes. to stay there. Oh, and, yeah. Okay. That's, but here's the thing. A, Theo found the, the awkwardness at the dance so relatable that he's just so in Mr. Darcy's corner that he could never really buy into Elizabeth's <laughs> perspective. Well, that's a nice thing. He's very, um, I really feel bad. He's really me. sees himself in a character. Do you want me to tell you the time that I was the most awkward at a dance at a ball yes sure (laughs) do you want me to tell you or not i don't have sure tell me Uh, when i was in korea i went to the club this is a modern day equivalent of the ball is a a club in south korea (laughs) so i went to the Mm -hmm. club with my friend jordan and some other friends and while we were there i saw a very tall handsome man he was Mm. a foot taller than me so obviously i saw him because his face was sticking out above everyone else's faces and i said to my friend that guy's pretty cute that guy's tolerable he's tolerable and handsome enough to tempt me looks just like tim (laughs) allen but so i told my friend he's pretty cute and she was like oh you should hit on him and i said no thank you not interested so we were hanging out I went to get drinks or something, and I looked back, and she had gone over to the tall guy and was talking to him and pointing to me, and they were both smiling, and he looked over at me, and I was holding my drinks, and I 
ducked all the way to the floor. I thought you were going to throw them over your shoulders. That would have been great. <laughs> no, I ducked all the way to the floor. And then I like crouched and I walked, walked, walked. What are you I'm doing? walking on the dance floor, crouching, hiding behind Koreans. And then I hide behind a tall pillar. And my friend goes over to me and she says, what are you doing? And I said, I'm hiding. What are you doing? And she's like, oh, I told that guy you thought he was hot. And I was like, I have to leave this club right now. Wait, what is the big deal about that? I don't that? know. I just didn't want it to. Ha- I f- what do you mean? Excuse me. Well, you were single. You could have just been like, sorry, my friend's drunk or something. Well, the story's not over. So I'm like, I have to leave. I have okay. to leave. I have to leave. And I'm like freaking out. And she says, uh, okay, we can leave. Just hang on a second. So then she like, I'm standing there. She's like, just wait. I think the drinks were gone or maybe I hadn't got them. But she's like, I'll get you a drink or something. But so I'm like standing there. And then she goes over and grabs Guy and brings him over to me. And then he's talking to me and says like, oh, uh, hi, my name's X. And I say, oh, I'm Rachel. And he's like, whoa, cool name. Yeah, X. No, I don't want to <laughs> say his name. Uh, yeah. When we break up, it's going to be so perfect. He's talking to me and he's like, so your friend said you thought I was cute. And I was like, uh, uh. Uh, and I can't look I'm not like literally not looking at him and he says like why aren't you looking at me and I said I'm very embarrassed he's like oh okay well here's my number like you should text me finally we get to leave and that's the worst that was a terrible experience and we that's very out of character for you I think the story goes on and you were breaking into his house (laughs) later that night and he comes back and finds you there how awkward you don't understand Jackie I don't whenever I date people it's a surprise to me (laughs) like you have to surprise me with it or else I can't handle it what well, I've reached out. I've been meaning to ask. <laughs> no, no. Like, I don't know if I can explain this. Like, normally when I date someone, it's like they shock me with a confession of love or something. I don't know. Whatever. But normally that's like one of the only times where I've thought someone was attractive ahead of time and then dated hmm. them. So Steven shocked you with a confession of love? I don't think that's true. I was you know I was there did. for the beginning, though. I feel like you kind of thought he was attractive. No, he did shock me because he confessed that he found me handsome enough to tempt him. I used <laughs> so. to do really weird things. There was at one point where instead of doing anything normal at all, I would like write out the, I would write out a whole confession of love, but I would only write the first letter. You'd only write. The- <laughs> I would only write the first letter of each word, so it would just be like this long string of letters that mm-hmm. didn't form any words but that was like my little mnemonic device for when you yeah i would pull out my weird little sheet of letters but i feel like it would be really obvious because the first three letters were i-l-y it was like i like you a lot or something Uh, and then i would think it was i love you uh, i'd have gone for love no no no. i don't think that's where i was no i'm just saying if i found it that's what i would assume yeah yeah that too but so then like the whole other code message was kind of pointless because you kind of figure it out from like the first three letters mm. i never ended up reading that to anyone thankfully oh reading it to any- like this was your template for anyone no 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 <laughs> 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 this was a specific person who then um is very happy with his boyfriend now uh, oh <laughs> that guy it's just uh, it's yeah. just a word document on your computer that just says love confession template. Yeah, yeah. It's like, all right, I'm just going to send this like email this to about 40 different people. It's just a numbers game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Got to get some responses. Have you confessed your love to anyone, Theo? Hi listeners, this is Theo. That was a close call. I'm jumping in during the edit to say, if you like this podcast, don't forget to spread the word to your friends, co-workers, and anyone who happens to pop up while you're snooping around their estate. Also, don't forget to rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, because the algorithms say that's really important. Also, subscribe to slash follow this podcast on your podcatcher of choice. All right, back to the episode. Lizzie and Darcy, they're polite and awkward. Mr. Darcy asks her about her family, and... She's, like, a little bit surprised by that. So Lizzie and the gardeners walk around the grounds of Pemberley. They're looking at the woods. They're looking at the trout stream. And Mr. Darcy pops up again, and he joins them for the rest of the walk and, in fact, asks her to introduce him to her friends. So she thinks, like, ugh, little does he know these are my tradesman relatives. He's not going to like that. 
So she introduces mm. them, and he the seems gardeners. a little bit surprised. Yes, the gardeners. He seems a little surprised, but he talks to them, and Lizzie okay, thinks... Okay, I deserve some praise for remembering a name. I, I, didn't I even said it in the previous sentence, though. I said uh, Lizzie well, and the I was, gardeners. Well, okay. You are listening I, so I, Yay. I deserve some criticism for not listening, but then some praise for remembering. Okay, great. Consider yourself to have both. I, I praised you. There you go. Thank you. Pat on the back. <laughs> Pat from the jack. <laughs> All right. Anyway, go ahead. She says, these are my aunt and uncle. And he talks to her uncle and Lizzie's thinking to herself, ha, they're having a wonderful, intelligent, fashionable conversation. This is great. While they're talking, he invites Mr. Gardner to go trout fishing there. Well, he's not Mr. Fisher, so good luck with that. He only gardens. So the aunt and uncle split off because the aunt is her feet hurt or something and lizzie and darcy walk together back to the carriage and she explains i'm here because i thought you weren't here and he says well i you know you almost missed me whatever and tomorrow the bingleys are going to be here and also my younger sister who particularly would like to meet you and she's like huh yeah she does think that so the gardeners both really like mr darcy and they're surprised that he treated mr wickham so badly but lizzie explains actually no wickham sucks blah blah blah. we like darcy now Mm. chapter 44 the next day darcy and his sister georgiana visit the inn and the gardeners think to themselves oh well he must be in love with elizabeth which i don't understand he does very normal things sometimes and a character will think oh he's in love with elizabeth (laughs) that's the time so she finds out that actually georgiana is like a very tall shy gentle girl she's not proud and standoffish a goofball oh goofball Goofball. (laughs) like mr wickham had to portray her as this kind of haughty like a proud jerk yeah but she's actually very shy. I noticed earlier when I listened to the first episodes when I said hottie, it sounds like a hottie. 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 Yeah, yeah. But I meant it like hottie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they're talking and all of a sudden Mr. Bingley pops up. Gosh, there's always popping up everywhere. That's what I said. There's a lot of popping. Lizzie thinks, wow, it's obvious that he and Georgiana aren't into each other at all. And he kind of drops hints about her sister Jane. Ah. So Mr. Darcy and his sister invite them all to have dinner at their house. And Lizzie thinks, wait a second, why is he acting so nice? He's changed so much. This must be because he feels regard for me still. And she starts to think to herself, I wonder how I feel in response. Hmm. Who can say? Who can say? Okay. So chapter 45, the gardeners and Lizzie visit Pemberley. And while they're there, Georgiana's very shy and the Bingley women are very rude. There's some other woman that they chat with as well. And Darcy pops up. I think up. you're going to have to use a different choice he's of He's popping verb. up. That's what he's doing. I say it when it happens. <laughs> he makes it clear that he wants her and Georgiana to get to know each other a little bit better. So she starts chatting with her. And Caroline Bingley gets very jealous and makes like a snide remark about Mr. Wickham. But it's obvious that Georgiana and Darcy are both really uncomfortable about it. So Lizzie realizes that that they don't know what happened between the two of them. Wickham and Georgiana. Uh-huh. And she's like, wait, he just told me a secret then that literally yeah, no one else Yeah, he didn't even knows. tell Bingley. So later on, Caroline tries to insult Lizzie to Georgiana, but Georgiana doesn't join in. And the narrator says, like, her brother had a good opinion of Elizabeth, so of course Georgiana did, because she, she thinks he's right about everything. And she tries to insult her to Mr. Darcy, and she calls her brown and coarse. And Mr. Darcy says, like, it's fine to me. She's got a nice tan going. That's what you'd expect when you're on a summer vacation. Miss Bingley is like, she looks like an old walnut walking around. Really? Direct quote. Yeah. (laughs) No, she just says brown and coarse. Um, So later on, she she uses Mr. Darcy's words against him and says, I remember when you said she wasn't attractive at all. And Mr. Darcy says, sure, I said that at first, but it has been many months since I have considered her as one of the handsomest women of my acquaintance. And the narrator's name on Zoom. Yeah. Yeah. The narrator (laughs) says that. She forced him to say something which only caused her pain. Yeah, she's like, maybe I shouldn't have worked him up and made him say how attractive he thinks she is because I didn't like hearing that. So later on, Lizzie and Mrs. Gardner are talking about everything that happened that day, but neither one of them is bringing up Mr. Darcy. So the final chapter, chapter 46. Yay, yay, yay. A letter (laughs) arrives from Jane and it says that Lydia has eloped to Scotland with Mr. Wickham, which I wish Theo was surprised by this, but he saw the movie, so he's not. 
and which is terrible and scandalous. But then a second letter shows up and it says that Lydia thought they were eloping, but Mr. Wickham dropped hints to a friend that he's not going to marry her at all, oh, no. which is like even more scandalous and could like ruin the whole family. So it seems like maybe he almost did this because he's like, oh, Elizabeth, you think you know the truth about me? I'm going to ruin could your Could have family. been revenge. <laughs> could have been you a think lot I'm things. a bad person? Well... Consider yourself ruined. <laughs> Let me show you that you're right. Let me show what? you a bad person. <laughs> I think it might just be like she's the only silly girl he was able to find who he thought he would agree to be his mistress. She is way too silly. She's too silly. Um, so Lizzie's freaking out and she wants to find her aunt and uncle. But Darcy pops up again the, for the final time. So Wickham is about the same age as Darcy. Yeah. And I think Darcy's probably what, late 20s? He could be 26. Okay, but Lydia's 15. I know. Ugh. I mean, Georgiana was 15 when Wickham tried to elope with her last year or whenever it was. Gross. I know, it's gross. Um, well, that's why they had to go to Scotland because she's underage. But when you were under 16, you could still get married in Scotland. Oh, weird. The marriage would still be legal in England? Yep. Mm. So... Yeah. Well, the Loch Ness Monster got married when she was like 12. She? Married. Mm-hmm. 12. Monster? Monster. <laughs> the? Explain yourself. Oh, it was just a joke because of Scotland. That's the only Scottish person you know. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Belle and Sebastian and the Loch Ness Monster. So Mr. Darcy can see that Lizzie is really upset, and he says, like, what's going on? He says, like, you don't need to find your aunt and uncle. Let's send some servants to find them. So she's, like, sitting there, shaking, clearly upset. He says, like, can I get you anything? Can I get you a glass of wine? Like, is there anything I can do? And she bursts into tears. While she's crying, it says that he, like, looks on awkwardly. Mm. He doesn't know what to do. Been there. I think just sitting there and being present in the moment... I think he did everything right, honestly. Like, there's nothing you can say to make it better. He could have patted her on the back, in my opinion. That's not going to help. It would help me. Could have jackied her on the back. What What were you saying, Jackie? <laughs> patted her on the jack, not jackied jack. her on the back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we can let that go now. <laughs> no, I, I think he did everything right. Like, he showed himself to be actually a very um, empathetic person. Yeah, because a lot of men will just try to fix it right then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he tried the thing originally. He was like, what do you need me to do? Do I get you this? Do I get you that? And then finally it was like, I don't need... I'll have him murdered. I'll have him murdered, yeah. He, well, she hasn't said what happened yet. Oh. But he's just sitting there and just like being there for her and just letting her cry and not saying, hey, stop crying. Everything will be fine. I think he did a good job. That's true. But he should have patted her on the back. I would love a good back pat or a hand grab, something like that. I'd love it. Okay. She's crying and finally she tells him what happened. And she says, like, I wish I had told my family part of how bad Wickham is because then we could have prevented this from happening. And she thinks to herself, well, surely he's totally over me now because this thing is so scandalous. We were bad enough before. He would never want to be connected to us now. So at this point, he expresses his regret and sympathy and says, like, I'll go tell everyone you won't be there for dinner tonight. And then he leaves and the gardeners come back. They settle up and they head off to Longbourn which is the Bennett's house. And that's that. All right. So which characters do each of you see yourself as? I was going to say, there are two pairs of friends in the book, Darcy and Bingley, Lizzie and Charlotte. So what are you trying to say? And you're those four characters? Which pair are we? Some of us. Well, we're a trio. I, I don't think any of us are Charlotte. I guess so. We're uh, Mary, Lydia, and uh, the other Kitty, one. Kitty, your favorite. Kitty. No, you keep talking about <laughs> how you're Mr. Darcy, so we can't be Mary, Kitty, and Mr. Darcy. That great, famous trio of friends. <laughs> one doesn't have a personality, one is very boring and ugly, and the other one is Mr. Darcy, <laughs> the rich, hot one. Okay, let's not emphasize the ugliness, but I'm just saying, if we were Mary, Kitty, and Lydia, okay, whatever. you don't think Theo would be the one that plays piano all the time? And doesn't talk very much. Probably be the Mary. It's hard to, as women to see yourself as any character but Elizabeth, I feel like, because the rest don't have much. Only a true vain fool would think they were Jane. Like, you have to have a real high opinion of yourself to be like, I'm the Jane. I think my sister is Jane. Madeline, she's always, like, trying to see the best in people and being optimistic and just never says anything mean. Mm. So I feel like I know what it's like to have that sister. That's tough to have that kind of sister. Yeah, I definitely sympathize with at least all of the sort of unpleasant parts of being Mr. Darcy. (laughs) So you're saying I have all the awkwardness, but not the wealth. (laughs) Yeah. Ladies. (laughs) (laughs) Your other choices are like, I'm boring Mary. I'm Bingley. Collins. A himbo. A himbo. You're kind of Mr. Bennedy, aren't you, Jackie? 
Oh. Am I? Hmm. In what way? Making quips. She really likes him. Yeah, you do really like him. <laughs> yeah. You're making quips and you don't have any kids that you care about. Yeah, you don't really care about your kids. <laughs> I don't know. I don't I don't think I like Mr. Bennett now that we know how checked out of you the marriage. You liked him at the is. beginning of the episode. And presumably you had read the book by then. I think he's funny. Jackie. Hey. Hey, yeah, I watch it. I like how the host always just like, hey, watch it, Rachel. <laughs> Don't imply that Jackie hasn't read the book. That's our gimmick. <laughs> no, I had read the book. It's just like everything he says is just like a funny one-liner. And then there's this one other paragraph in the whole book that's like, he's actually not that good of a husband or father. I mean, you realize like maybe it's not good for your dad to just be a guy who makes funny one-liners and then leaves. <laughs> well, I have more to my personality than just funny one-liners. <laughs> funny two-liners, three-liners. My two interests are books and funny one-liners. All right, who are you, Rachel? I know you think you're Elizabeth. Jackie literally just said yeah. every woman thinks she's Elizabeth. And now you're like, I did. well, 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 woman. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I am. I know, I know no, I'm I just am. Kidding. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. But I do think I'm not as silly as the other girls. I'm not as practical as Charlotte. I'm not as good as Jane. And I do like to make one-liners. So there you go. I think you're an Elizabeth. I don't know who I am. You got to be an Elizabeth, right? Yeah, you know what? I'm a lady. You're Jane Austen. (laughs) (laughs) I'm one of the greatest writers in the English language. Yeah. (laughs) That's pretty funny that Theo sees himself in Mr. Darcy. I do. It's not surprising. I really feel bad for him sometimes. Me too. I felt really bad in that scene when they were at Rosings and she's playing the piano. She was so mean to him, like in front of everybody. Like, okay. You'll never have my fingers or whatever she <laughs> You'll said. never have my fingers. <laughs> You're never going to put a ring on any of these 10 guys. Nice. Here's the thing. Let's talk about Mr. Darcy. I think it's good that she said no to him. With the understanding that she had, sure. No, not even that. His proposal was so rude. You shouldn't marry someone who thinks they're really, really high above you. You know, he didn't respect her. Well, he's objectively correct, though. He's not. Who cares if he has a bunch of freaking money? Like, come on. That doesn't make him better than her. Maybe what he's saying is in the society that we live in, this objectively would not be considered by most people to be an, a match they expected, but I love you That's anyway. That's not what care. he said. He said, <laughs> your mother's family, your mother's relatives, the gardeners and the Phillipses, they're low class. And also your whole family sucks. So, and she loves the gardeners. That's the whole point of the gardeners, the interlude with the gardeners. I think Jane Austen put that in there to show us like, yeah, he was really wrong to say that. Maybe I'm Aunt G. (laughs) A stylish, intelligent woman whose (laughs) nieces all love her. Man, I wish I had five nieces. get there. I'm actually a little confused about Darcy's character because it seems like he's nice to the gardeners when they visit, right? And he's nice to his servants. But then he, like earlier parts of the book, he's totally condescending towards any any poor people. Is it that he learned or is it that? Here's the combination. Basically, the first part is he's very nice to his servants, but it's not like he considers them equals or friends. Like he treats them well and he's generous to them, but he's maintaining the class difference, right? And then he also, he looks down on the Bennett family because they are genteel, but they have relatives who work for a living. That's literally what it is, is that they have to make money (laughs) instead of just letting money make itself. He does learn in between his proposal to her. He improves. It's not that Elizabeth was totally wrong about him. Like he admits that he broke up Jane and Bingley and like lied to keep him away from Jane. And that part of it was that he just didn't want them to be together. Like he admits that he may have convinced himself that she didn't love him. That's bad that he did that to his friend just because he didn't like how her family like wasn't wealthy. (laughs) To be honest, I'm not like I know how it ends. But at this point in the book, I'm not rooting for them to get together. Yeah, that's that's (laughs) a well-written book, I think. A well-written romance. Yeah, I think at this point in the book, like having not finished it and again, knowing how it ends, like I still am wondering how she's going to get to loving him. Because right now she's just like, I guess I'm not as mad at him. That's what I hate about most romance novels that I read. The ones that I really hate are ones where they like, the couple meets and they like each other right away. Because to me, I'm like, if you like each other, just get together. There has to be a reason that you're not together that I can buy or else I'm not interested in the book. But she just does a really good job of writing this where you you see why they are not together and it makes sense to you. 
You know, you're not thinking like these idiots just get together. Yeah. Right. And then it's not like after she reads his letter, absence of anger does not equal presence of love. Just because he didn't do one terrible thing and the other terrible thing is not quite as bad as she thought, it's still bad and he's still a huge snob about her family. Yeah. And again, it wouldn't be as interesting if she had just written a flawless character who was totally misunderstood and had no fault. Correct. On both sides. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I just, I think a lot of people miss read the scene with the letter and they think like, oh, Elizabeth was totally wrong and should have accepted Mr. Darcy. Well, she does blame herself a lot. Yeah, but I think she overcorrects. If they had gotten married when he proposed, I think they would have had a bad marriage because he looked down on her and her family Mm. and he didn't respect her at all. Just like with her father and mother, he loved her. He thought she was attractive and funny, but he didn't respect her. But it only takes them like one or two conversations to get over that. There was like months in between where he's ruminating on her turning him down and saying, you know, you've offended and insulted me and my whole family and you've done a bad thing. Like he's thinking about this. He's running it through his mind before he sees her again. That's true. He even meets her aunt and uncle and he thinks like, oh, these must just be some friends of hers because they seem so fashionable and smart. Surely they can't be her aunt and uncle. Mm -hmm. Wow. He learned. That's what's so good about Pride and Prejudice. People like it because you have a man who learns and grows because of his love for you. That's why I was thinking, like, I really don't know that in this time period, people would have believed a man wrote this, especially because of how, like, well-rounded and multifaceted the female characters are. She was one of the first female writers. Like, the fact that she said, this is written by a lady, was, like, slapping people in the face. Yeah. Rubbing it in their face that this was a woman who did this thing. But would a man have written this book? Could a man have written? I say no, because a man didn't write it. But I'm saying the people at the time, (laughs) it had to be written by someone who, like, by virtue of her status, she had a lot of free time, but also by virtue of being a woman and being unable to have a profession, all she could do is, like, sit around and observe people. Like, her observations are just so spot on and so funny. There's a lot of stuff about um, class. In my opinion, it's a very feminist book. The fact that she turns down Mr. Darcy, she's asserting her own power, which literally the only power these women had at the time was to say no to an offer of marriage. Mm -hmm. And the fact that she turned down, like, all of this wealth and power and prestige and all that was like a huge, huge move on her part. And she did it because she felt like it was right and because she loved her family and especially her sister. And part of it was that he injured her pride. But seriously, like if a guy did that to one of my sisters, I don't care how hot he is. If she had like just again married Mr. Darcy immediately, she probably could have just taken care of her whole family forever. Like all of her sisters, nobody would have had to marry anybody that they didn't want to. She would have had so much money. And still she was like, Still not a good reason. No, she spends the whole book, like, advocating for her theory of marriage and love. And the narrator is, like, showing us other examples of relationships that are different or don't quite get it right or do get it right or whatever. So, I mean, like, the gardeners have a good relationship. As long as he gets to go fishing. (laughs) Yeah. So the Bennets, Mr. and Mrs. Bennett, got married solely out of, like, lust and there was no substance. The Collinses got married solely out of practicality and no attraction. And fear. Fear, yeah. Yeah, and fear. For sure. Yeah. So it's like mama bear, baby bear, and papa bear. You want to get it just right. So you want a little bit of fear, a little bit of practicality, a little bit of lust, <laughs> and then that's the perfect marriage. I'm a little bit country. I'm a little bit rock and roll. <laughs> well, anyway, so that's what I think. I love this book so far. It's great. I'm loving it. Jane Austen. She's great. She's a great writer. Everyone should read it. Actually, this is one of the things about literature that makes me the most angry is how many men do not read this book because of their sexism. Oh, they're looking at me. And wiggling our eyebrows. Well, in my defense, there are lots of books I haven't read. That's true. (laughs) That is a good defense. (laughs) Yeah, but still you should read it. It's very funny. I think you'd like it. I think you'd empathize with Mr. Darcy even more. It's the kind of book you just zip right through. I will say that for me, it is not. And it's not because it's boring or a slog like the way that, you know, Beowulf was. But the sentences are so complex sometimes and they're using words in ways that are not how we use words. And if you're not used to it, it can take a long time to get through. But aren't you happy to keep reading? Oh, of course. Yeah, I am. But it's definitely not something I can just zip through. Like I have to read sentences over and over again and be like, okay, what did they say? Let me go back to that. All right. I think she was saying this. Yeah. Who is Pemberley? Maybe I should have said instead of zipping through that it pulls you through. But once you kind of get the idea, it's easier. 
Okay. And uh, to wrap up, if you guys would like to give us any feedback, ask questions, et cetera, you can reach us at our email. It is firethecanonpodcast at gmail.com. We also have a website newly made for us by Stephen. Thanks, Stephen. The website is firethecanonpod.com. We are on both Instagram and Twitter as firethecanonpod. We are also a Facebook discussion group and a Facebook page for official announcements. And you can find us on Facebook at Fire the Cannon Podcast. And if you're feeling so inclined, you can donate a little bit to our Patreon. You'll find that at patreon.com slash firethecanon. We also this week started a Ko-Fi account. So that's K-O-F-I. For one-time donations. That's for people who maybe don't want to do a a recurring monthly donation subscription service. This is just kind of a a nice little thank you that you can just do one time. And um, of course, anything that anyone can do is super appreciated. And we love that you guys are listening. And thanks so much for your support. Anytime we say a joke that you really like, just, you know, two bucks, something like that. per joke every time yeah you could keep a little tally and just like you know penny penny per chuckle whoa give us a little more than that oh i bet there's going to be a lot of chuckles though oh okay then give us less (laughs) (laughs) yeah and another interesting thing is actually that theo had a guest appearance on another podcast this week theo yeah, just say that. She did. I did just say that. Okay, thanks for the setup, Jackie. <laughs> I was on another podcast. It's called um, Underrated slash Overhated. And it's about music that, you know, one might consider underrated or overhated. <laughs> the host is a guy named uh, Jacob Waller. And we just had a great conversation about folk music. If anybody's interested in listening to that podcast, you can find Underrated, Overhated on any podcatcher. Yeah, so if you like names like Phil Oaks. Love him. Richard Dyer Bennett. My fave. No opinion. Odetta. Love it. Gordon Bach. Well, fuck that guy. Love him. (laughs) Rachel. I do know who he is. I know. We know who Gordon Bach is. And we love him. Come on the pod, Gordon. I go on a pretty long rant about Gordon Bach on that one. In a good way or a bad way? Very positive. Yeah, rants are not usually positive. (laughs) Positive rant. You can go on a positive rant. And in fact, he did. So tune in to Jacob's (laughs) podcast if you want to hear it. Witness the impossible. (laughs) Positive (laughs) rant. If you're not getting quite enough Theo from this podcast because me and Rachel never shut up, go ahead and check out Underrated slash Overhated. Or for any other reason, if you feel like you're not getting enough Theo. Okay. Yeah. Well, just just that one episode, though. He's only on that one. Yeah. But you can listen to others. No problem. Doesn't hurt us at all. I hope Jacob likes his plug we just did. He'll like it. All right. And now, welcome to the final segment where we uh, say goodbye to Nellular. You must allow us to tell you how much we admire and love you. No, you must allow us I've, to tell in vain you I how have struggled. we admire and love you. In vain we have struggled, it will not do. In vain we, we have struggled, it will not do. Our, Our feelings will not be repressed. repressed. Thanks, Nell. Thanks, Nell. <laughs> you must allow, you us, must to allow us to thank you. Thank you.